Thanks, everybody, for your support of this church financially as we're taking the offering this morning. I am reminded again, it's your generosity, your faithfulness that keeps the ministry of this church moving forward. Um, we have a number of different ways for you to give. If you want to give online or give digitally, there's ways to do that. through. We have a Homestead Church app. Um, you can download that, Homestead Community Church, or you can go onto our church website, homesteadcommunitychurch.org, and there's a link to give online as well. Thanks for being here today. I know it's a holiday weekend, and the weather is nice, and so this is officially all the people in the church that do not own a cabin. That's We've all gathered here. So we're glad that you're with us. Maybe we could collectively do like a timeshare kind of thing, all of us, and, um, and, ha and have a way to get away on a nice weekend like this. I got, I got, I shouldn't say roped in. I was a willing uh, participant to a backyard patio pergola project. That's very good use of alliteration right there. Um, so I, I was feeling the, I'm feeling it today, working outdoors all day yesterday. But it's a great weekend to enjoy being outside. The weather's beautiful. And we are glad that you made Homestead Church a part of your weekend. We are continuing a series. We have been a in a series called The Body, The Body of Christ, talking about how there are different roles, different jobs, different gifts that God has given us, different gifts that are present. The scripture calls his church, or this church, part of the body of Christ. Um, and he has given gifts to the church to be used as a way for the church to move forward. There are different jobs for us to do. Each of us have been gifted in different ways. And maybe you've been a part of church a long time, and you're like, I've heard, I kind of know how God has wired me. I know parts of church life that I enjoy serving in or, or areas that I'm gifted in or things that I enjoy. And maybe this, is a, this idea is all new to you. And so maybe today this would be the first time where you think, oh, God, maybe you have put me here to do something in the area of service. It might be at Homestead, or it might be at another church, or in another way. But maybe you would say, God, maybe it's more than just going to church. It's getting involved. It's learning to operate in the gifts that God has given me. And if that's you today, I'm hoping and praying that that would be the case, that you would realize God has gifted each of us to serve as a part of the church and as a part of his kingdom around the world. The scripture that we've been using to kind of launch this series is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. So we've been reading this at the start of each, each message, and it's going to be up on the screen if you would like to follow along. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Do we have that scripture up on the screen? And there we go. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So we're going to throw that next slide up there, which kind of has a list of those gifts. This is what Scripture... Now, there's other spiritual gifts we know about. There's other ways that God has gifted us. But in this particular passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul kind of sums it up by these three groups or five groups of people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. So we've looked at a few of these already, and we are on the fourth one, and we're looking at the evangelist today. The evangelist today. Um, you maybe, when you hear evangelist, might think of something right away. Maybe a Billy Graham or another TV personality or an angry street corner preacher yelling at people. You might think this is who an evangelist is. But we're going to kind of expand that idea of what an evangelist is. And I'm going to start out by talking about this. Because I used to think that evangelist, when I was a kid, evangelist involved being somewhat of a salesman. 
that if I was going to church, I, I used to hear it all the time in youth group growing up, you got to tell your, share your faith with your friends. you got to witness to your friends, and that word witness. And the worst was when we would have to go, some of you know where I'm saying, they'd, we'd show up to youth group on a Wednesday night or when a Friday night, whenever it was, and they'd say, we're going to go door to door and witness. And me as a pastor's kid, I just would, my heart would sink, which sounds terrible. But I just had this idea of what an evangelist is, you know. And when you think now, someone ringing your door, who's ringing your doorbell anymore? Nobody, except for people who are what? Trying to sell you something. Um, I had a, we had a, a, a young boy from another church come to our door a couple months ago selling one of those coupon card things. And we've got like five of them. So I was like, I do not need another four cents off at the Amico or whatever it was, but this kid had prepared such a great sales speech, and he was reading it, so he had the coupon card, and then he had his sales pitch in the other hand, and he was kind of holding this, but looking over here, would you like, and it was like he knew when to emphasize certain phrases, and that's not all, and it was so awesome and so well rehearsed that I ended up buying another coupon card. So I've got them. Given I'll sell you one for twenty bucks if you want one. I've got extras. But I used to think that evangelist was a salesman, and I am the world's worst salesman. I'm a terrible salesman. We've had garage sales at our house. We just had one um, a few weeks ago. Christy does not let me alone in the garage very much because she knows I'm the worst salesman. If somebody comes in, we sold like a kind of a play, a kid's playhouse thing, one of those plastic ones, big one with the slide and the place to play underneath. And uh, I was still putting prices on everything and a lady drove up and said, how much do you want for that play set? And I was like, ah. And I instantly think, in my mind, I'm thinking, you don't want this, this is stuff we're getting, this is stuff we don't want anymore. Why would you want this? And I think, and I instantly go with the mentality of she doesn't want this, so I should price it super low. So I was thinking of saying $5 for this thing. And then I thought, you know what? Christy would probably want me to say more. So I said, oh, this, and I got like $10. I said $10. And then instantly I started, but if that's too much, it is, and I started like, talking myself down as the worst, world's worst salesman. I started negotiating with myself. But you probably only want, and if you had to do that, and she's like, really? That $10? I'll take it. I was like, great. So I told Christy later, I said, I sold the playhouse. She said, how much? I said, 10 bucks. She's like, 10 bucks? We could have got like 40 for that thing. I was just like, oh. World's worst salesman. I always have this idea of people don't want it, so I kind of have to, I come at it very timidly if I'm ever trying to sell something. Um, and, uh, and so that's why Christy doesn't leave me alone in a garage sale, which actually works out well, because then I don't have to sit alone at a garage sale. Um, but I also recognize in our world, and maybe you've noticed this, we are at like a tipping point of advertising overload. Advertising overload. Have you noticed this? How often, just think about how often in your day, whether you watch television, drive down the street, use your cell phone, uh, listen to a radio show, how often a product or a service is advertised to you? It used to be we would watch a television show and then every 12 minutes there would be commercials and you'd watch the commercial and then you'd go on with your television show. But then the DVR came along and so people like me got very... Um, intolerant of, t of commercials. I'm like, I can record this, and so why watch a show live? I can record this and then watch it later and skip all these commercials. So now advertisers have gotten smart. They're starting to put products into your show. Have you seen really bad product placement in a TV show? Watching, you know, years and years ago, I noticed watching 24, Jack Bauer, I noticed every time it's the good guys, they're driving a shiny new Ford Explorer. 
and look at all those shiny new, and all the bad guys, all the terrorists are driving beat up Chevy Suburbans. Without fail, without fail, that's how they worked. And you know Ford is placing some money into that show. They're finding new ways to put products in front of you. Listening to the radio, I listen to sports talk radio, and now people will email in, and it's not, the host is not reading an email. What does he say? He says, well, here's an email in the AT&T inbox. And so he'll say that, and right away it's another product. Or a phone call. What was it? It was the Bryant Heating and Cooling Hotline or whatever. It's like, well, no, it's just a phone call. But now everything has given a product, a name. When you watch a sporting event, it's like unwatchable to me now because every replay is now the Costco replay center, and we watch the replay. It is nonstop. And so not all, I need a little bit of water here in my homestead mug. This water tastes really great in one of these homestead church mugs. So not only is it product placement, now it's social media. Social media used to be where you could just keep in touch with friends, but now every friend of yours on social media is trying to sell you something, right? It's a, a, a wrap, or it's a LuLaRoe legging, or it's uh, whatever. And if that's you, that's totally fine. For me, it's homestead church. That's what people are tired of hearing about from me on Facebook. I have a friend that was an intern for me at my old church. His name is Zach. Now, what happened is he and his wife have gotten such an Instagram following. Now, what what happens now is five-star resorts around the world will fly him and his wife out for all-expenses-paid vacation if they post about it on Instagram and if they blog about it on their travel blog. They've gotten such a following. So now it's free vacations for Zach and his wife all over the world if he Instagrams about it, which is why I hate Zach now. Is That's why I hate Zach. <laughs> but that's what he does. There's other people that if their Instagram following is big enough, clothing lines will pay them to take pictures of themselves in their clothes. This is how the world works now. Everybody is trying to sell you something. Now, When I talk about being an evangelist, this is always the things that I thought about. I thought about that you had to be a salesman. I had a terrible time. Just like selling stuff in my garage sale, I would think about trying to witness to people about Jesus was that same feeling of, oh, you don't want to hear this. You probably aren't interested, and I feel like I have to really try to sell it. Right? Like, I got to sell them something they're not really interested. I got to, you know, add extra things to it. You know, if you accept Jesus today, not only, you know, will you get into heaven, but here's a set of steak knives you could have as well. Like, I'm going to sweeten the deal. That joke today was brought to you by Homestead Church. (laughs) Homestead Church helping people grow in faith since 2015. Homesteadcommunitychurch.org. Evangelism is simply this is telling people about faith. It's just telling people about your faith. You're not trying to convince people. You're not trying to convince them to buy something they don't want. There was a great quote that I read from a former U.S. Senate chaplain named Richard Halverson. The quote was this. Evangelism is not salesmanship. It is not urging people, pressing them, coercing them, overwhelming them, or subduing them. Evangelism is telling a message. Evangelism is reporting good news. Think about just reporting good news. I love hearing good news. Imagine you've got good news to share. This is what evangelism is. You're just simply sharing about your faith. You're simply sharing good news. You are telling a message, reporting the good news. So the main point today in the few minutes we have together is this.
God loves people. God loves all people and wants to see them drawn to him. And better yet, he uses us to participate in this plan. As part of the body of Christ, we get to participate in this plan of seeing people drawn to a Savior, seeing people drawn into a relationship with God. And as been the case with each part of this series... Most of what I say, talking about these different five gifts, apply to everybody. We should all have an element of evangelism in our life, right? As part of the body of Christ, we should have this element of evangelism, being willing to share good news. But in addition to that, there are a few of you here that I believe God has specifically gifted you in this area to be evangelists. Now, you might think, well, now i got to grow my hair a certain way and drive a fancy car and be on TV. No. All you need to do is connect with people and be willing to share good news with them. And some of you are thinking, I love those things. He's not here today, but Christie's father, Roger Lane, he is a member of this church. He does a lot of great stuff around this church. He is one who is gifted in this area. If you've ever met, maybe you came in here to the homestead sometime and you met Roger for the first time. Right away, he connects with people. He talks to them, and then after about five minutes, they walk away feeling, I feel like I've known Roger forever, and I'm invited to his house on Friday night. And he took a picture of me, and he said he was going to pray for me. Like, all these things, that's happened a number of times. He has that gift of evangelism. He connects with people. I hear stories all the time where, oh, I was flying down to uh, Kansas City, and it was an hour flight, and... Uh, the person next to me, I led to the Lord. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, I, whenever I sit down next to someone, I'm just like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. But Roger has been gifted in this area of evangelism. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you would say, that feels like me. I connect with people. I have a care and concern for people. I love sharing things with people. And so maybe that's you. And I pray that, that if that's you specifically, that God would kind of reaffirm that gift and that calling in your life, that this is a spiritual ministry gift that perhaps he has given you. I'm going to read a story from the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. The words will be on the screen, Acts chapter 8. There are also some black hardcover Bibles on the inside of the rows. Um, You may have one near you. That's the same translation that I will be reading out of, the NIV, or if you want to follow along on on our church app, Homestead Community Church on the App Store which is brought to you by our Panama missions team. Panama, come for the missions trip and stay for the newly expanded Panama Canal. Visit PanamaCanal.com for more information. Um, I was about to say, this scripture is brought to you, and I thought I might get struck by lightning. So, Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 25. A great story of someone just simply being willing to be used by God to share their faith. It's a few verses long, so follow with me. They're going to be up on the screen. And here we go. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord, talking about the disciples, and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he, Philip, started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. So this is a part of the prophet Isaiah. He was led like sheep to a slaughter. As a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. That's the passage of scripture this Ethiopian was reading. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Uh, he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. Oh, I got one more verse. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. That's a pretty cool end of that story. All the elements of that story. But imagine someone witnessing to somebody and then saying, well, let's get water baptized. And as soon as water baptized, the guy disappears. I mean, that's pretty cool right there. That, that Ethiopian man would have thought, this is something real because that guy just disappeared. But he went away rejoicing. He had just had the truth of Jesus Christ shared to him. And that same encounter is the encounter that has happened millions of times around the world since then. That same encounter happens all over the world today, happening in Farmington, where people are simply carrying on this message of Jesus. What started with a group of people, a group of disciples, now has spread around the world because, largely, people are sharing their faith. They're being willing to say, here's what I believe. Here's the truth. Here is the good news that I would like to share with you. Jesus' last message to the disciples was go into all the world, preach the gospel, and raise up disciples. Go into all the world. This is his call for all of us to have an element of sharing the good news with others. So a couple of things from this story that I want to highlight, a couple of things in that story that I think will help us grow in this area of evangelism to take away some of the door-to-door salesman stress that you might be feeling like I sometimes do about sharing our faith. And the first is this, and these points are going to be up on the screen. First point is this, God is at work. God is at work. God is drawing people. God is directing people. Even before they know, maybe even before they know there is a God, or before they have put their faith in God, God is working on hearts. He is directing and convicting people. Look at the elements of this story, the supernatural elements of this story. God is at work in this Ethiopian man who has no idea, who's reading the scripture and has no idea what the scripture is talking about. God is already working on his heart. God is supernaturally directing the disciple Philip, saying, go on this road, find this chariot, and just sit there. And then what happens? He follows what God is saying. And then another translation, which I love, Philip, here's what's going on. The, the Ethiopian asks a question, and Philip, it says, he opened his mouth. He was willing to share. These are all elements of this story. God is at work. God, you can't argue the fact that God led Philip to this Ethiopian. 
The Holy Spirit is at work in people today. Maybe you are here just for a baby dedication, or you are here with a friend or family member, and you're just checking out church. God is already at work in your heart, drawing you to himself. We know that there are people in this world who are searching, who are lost, who are going through life aimless, wondering, similar to that Ethiopian, like I'm reading this, I don't even know what it's talking about. How can I understand unless somebody tells me? I love those words out of that story. People are going through life, limping through, trying to make it, saying to themselves, how can I know if there's a deeper meaning to this life? How can I know what life is all about unless somebody tells me, unless somebody shares this with me? How can I navigate through this life? And those of us who follow God, we know the architect of life is now living in us. What a blessing that is. There are other people who are trying to figure out, how can I get through this? Other people who are wondering, is this it? Is this all there is to life? And we need people who are willing to go to open their mouths and share the good news with them. But we have to know this, that God is already at work. He's drawing people in. God uses all sorts of circumstances to draw people to him. Sometimes it's a difficult thing people go through in life that God uses to open them up to the good news of the gospel. But however he does it, we know that God is at work, right? We know that God's at work at people. So when you begin a conversation with somebody about faith, You can know whether it's ringing a doorbell or someone at work or at school or someone you meet on the street, someone you feel led by God to go talk to. Whenever you talk to someone about faith, you're already joining the work. You're joining the work that God is already doing. God is already at work. God is already at work. God is doing the heavy lifting. He is changing hearts. He is opening eyes. So just be open to God using you in that way. Similar to Philip where he was just going about his business And God directed him over here. Just be open. We could all do that, right? We could be open to say, God, use me. If you want me to talk to somebody, let me know. Bring someone into my path. Bring someone into my office, my classroom. Have someone at school start a conversation with me. Everyone is going to go through moments when they need help. And you being a follower of Christ near them on that particular day could very well be a God-ordained moment. This could be God saying, I want one of my people over there to share the faith, share their faith with this person who is hurting. So look for those moments. Listen for those moments in conversations. doesn't have to be like creepy, weird, like eavesdropping in on everybody and I couldn't help but say this, Jesus, you know, loves you and interrupting like that. But listen for moments. You'll hear it in conversations when people are feeling discouraged. You'll hear them say something like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this. My marriage feels like it's falling apart. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this area of my life, my job, my family, my kids. You'll hear people talk about that. People will share when they are discouraged or feeling lost. You'll hear them say something like, I'm not sure what life is about, or I feel like I'm discouraged with this, or how am I supposed to handle this, or I'm nervous or scared about this. You'll hear little phrases like that in a lot of conversations that you have with people. Just have your ears tuned to those things, and just be willing in those moments to share, hey, I heard you talking about this. Could I share something that's made a huge difference in my life? Or would you like to come to church with me sometime? 
You know, those moments, those moments are so simple where you just have that moment where you sense that God has put you in that moment to share your faith. It can be something as simple as that. Let me share what I believe. Let me share how faith in Jesus has helped me. Let me invite you to come with me to church sometime. So that's the first point. God is already at work, and we need to be willing to be participants. The second one is this. Nobody, second point, nobody is out of reach. Nobody is out of reach. We got that second point. What is so cool about this story is that who is getting saved? I love this story, and there's other stories like this. What, the, what the, happened when the, when the message of the gospel started, the Jewish people thought this was just for them. All the disciples, they were Jewish people, and they thought this faith is going to be something that is just for the Jewish people. Well, stories like this and a few other ones are the very first time where non-Jewish people are getting saved. So for Philip, this would have been a moment like, God, are you sure I'm supposed to share my faith with them? Because I don't even think they're part of this whole deal. And as the person is getting saved and being water baptized, I love what must have been going on in Philip's mind, like, wow, this is for everybody. Everybody's invited into this good news. Nobody is out of reach. Now, this Ethiopian, not only was he not Jewish, not only was he not one of the insiders, he was part of a nation that the Jewish people would have considered unclean. You know, certainly not, we're not going to associate with them. Certainly, they are not part of this faith in Jesus Christ. But look at what happens. Philip has his eyes open to this truth. Nobody is out of reach. And what you read, if you read the very next chapter of Acts, is when Paul, Saul, as he is known, he becomes the Apostle Paul when he gets saved. Saul, before he met Jesus, was going around opposing Christians, having Christians killed. He was, he was the chief persecutor of the Christians. And then God reached down and saved him. Nobody is out of reach. Amen? The very next chapter, Cornelius and his whole family, Cornelius is a Roman ruler, and God reached down and saved him and his whole family. Nobody is out of reach. These are the stories you read throughout the book of Acts. There is no body that God can't reach down and save. There is no pre-cleaning required. You know how in our house, we, um, if somebody's coming over, we clean up? We, or we used to have, several years ago, we had someone who would offer to come and clean our house, like really clean. But what would we do beforehand? We would kind of clean up beforehand just to get rid of some of the mess, right? Some of you have that same idea about church. Well, I got to clean myself up before I can come to church. Well, that person there could come to church, but they got to clean themselves up a bit. There is no pre-cleaning required. Nobody is out of reach. Whoever you are praying for, nobody is out of reach. And finally, third, third point is this. We have a part to play. We have a part to play. God invites us into the process. And this helps get the message of the gospel around the world. And it also causes us to grow in our faith. It also causes us to grow. So I want you to embrace your part of the process, all of us. Be thinking of how God can use you in this area of evangelism. That word still might scare you. Be willing for God to use you in this area of just sharing the good news of faith in Jesus Christ. Have your eyes open to those divine encounters. Look for those moments. Look for natural conversations. Just build relationships with people. Just build relationships with people. Carry on conversations with people. And then in those moments, 
like Philip said to that Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? Those moments where God could use you, those moments where they might just say, I don't even know if there is a God, those moments where they would say, I am totally lost, I have no idea what I'm going to do, you can then open your mouth and begin to share. And as a side note, make sure we have, we should all make sure we have something to say. <laughs> I think for some people, the idea of witnessing is, or sharing their faith is daunting because they've never actually sat down and articulated what it is that faith has meant to them. Take some time this week and maybe give yourself a 30-second challenge of what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ. If someone came up to you and said, why should I believe in Jesus? I hope that we have an answer. We should all have an answer. The Bible says we should be ready in season and out of season to give an account for our faith. It shouldn't be a sales pitch. Like, well, here's a new set of steak knives. You know, something like that. It should be what's in your heart? What has God done in your life? I believe that God has, is guiding us into the best possible way of living. I believe that there is hope in Jesus Christ. I believe not only hope for eternity, but hope in this world now. Guidance, the architect of the universe guiding me individually. These are things that I share with people. And it's okay to just talk to people. You don't need to feel pressure to close the deal. I want to, you know, to make the sale, so to speak, to put a check mark there of people saved. You can just have a conversation with people. I was, um, I I talk to a lot of people when I'm at different classes at Lifetime Fitness, and there was one lady that I've gotten to know, and we, we talk from time to time when we're, when we're there, and um, I just asked her, she was talking about her family, and so I just asked her one day, are you guys a part of a church? Do you guys go to a church? And she's like, no. I said, oh. And I thought, okay, well, what do I say now? And no, I thought, and I said, well, that's Interesting because, you know, in this culture, there's most people would say, well, I have some sort of church connection. And she just said, yeah, we went, to, we went to a church growing up, a different denomination church, and my husband did too. And we met and we just realized, you know what, we just, it didn't really, wasn't really that important to us. And I said, okay. I said, well, someday I'd love to have you come join us at Homestead. And then that was it. It wasn't a, how dare you? You know, it wasn't one of those. It was just another step along the way. I've seen it illustrated this way. If you imagine like a timeline with a cross in the middle, the timeline is whoever, wherever people are at now, as unsaved as you can be versus then they get saved and then growing in their faith. And there's all these steps along the way, right? There's all these steps. You might be talking to someone sharing your faith, and it might not be a close the deal day. It might just be another step where they're taking to believing in God. It might just be that they are moved by the fact that they're talking to a godly, faithful Christ follower and didn't walk away feeling judged or ridiculed. That alone might cause them to have their, to have their heart one more step receptive to the truth of Jesus. Does that make sense? Maybe you are going to be there that day where it is their time to make a decision and to profess their faith in Jesus, and those are great days. But just be willing to share. Just be willing to share. Maybe it's just one more notch that you're moving people. And we should always just have a genuine care and concern for people. There's a quote by Dr. Carolyn Tennant who wrote a book that we've been reading through as we've been prepping for this series. This quote by Dr. Tennant says this, Those who are called to this role, the role of evangelism, will have a deep compassion for people regardless of age, appearance, cultural background, or sin propensity. I love that phrase. 
They'll be concerned with individuals and their personal needs. Maybe that's you. We should all be this way, but maybe that's you where you sense God has put that deep care in you for people, regardless of who they are, that you have that deep care for the individual. So for all of us, as we need to have evangelism as part of our life, maybe there's a few of you here that you know God has gifted you with this. At Homestead Church, we want people to find a place to serve. And that could be just, if that's you, that could be joining the ushers and greeters. You're that person in the lobby that just loves to connect with people, that doesn't feel like rehearsed and welcome to Homestead Church, where here's a bulletin, you know, those things. But naturally, it's just natural. You find people, you connect with people, like Roger Lane. It's just that natural outflow of your personality to connect with people and connect them to other people and to, you know, Share your faith when needed, those sorts of things. Maybe that's you. God is calling you to have evangelism as part of your life. We want you to find a place not only to serve here at the church, but for God to use you in your world throughout the week in this area. So as we close, I just want to remind you, just be open to God using you. Just be open. This week, just say, God, open my eyes. Help, me to, help my ears to be open to conversations that maybe is a divine encounter where I could share the good news. I want us all to grow in this. I want to grow in this. I want us all to grow in this. And then finally, I want to encourage you with this. I think there are people here that you're a Christian, and you've got close relatives. You've got loved ones who are not, that are far away. And a message like this, you're probably thinking of a certain name or a certain face, and you're praying for those people. I want to remind you each day, nobody's out of reach. Nobody's out of reach. God is at work. Right now, God is at work in their heart, softening their heart, opening their eyes. Maybe there is difficult things they're going through, and God is allowing those things as a way to get them to turn to him. But let's continue to pray for them. Let's never give up praying for them. God is at work. Nobody is out of reach. Let's close in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Now, I would not want to do a message like this without just letting you know if you are at that point where you wanted to profess your faith in Jesus Christ, it is as simple as just inviting Jesus, confessing your sin and confessing that you believe that he is the Son of God and your Savior. And even if you right now just did that, just confess, even just with a whisper saying, Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior, I confess my sins, and I want to live for you. If you did that, That is opening your heart up to faith in Jesus Christ. That is him coming into your life, giving you hope, not only for now, but eternal life. Your sins forgiven, eternity in heaven. So if you did that, this could be your day to cross the line, so to speak, and to open your heart to faith. But Lord, for the rest of us today, I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears to these people in our world, whether at school, workplace, even when we're out shopping or just driving down the road or bumping into people, just help us to have our eyes and ears open to conversations that we might be used by you to bring someone closer to faith in Jesus. What an amazing opportunity. 
What an amazing opportunity. Help us not to overlook that. Help us not to just run the other way. Help us to grow in this, that you want us to be involved in the process of bringing people to you, sharing the good news. So help us to be open to that today. I pray that you would bring people into our path, just like in that story in the book of Acts today, that you would direct us to people where we could share the good news. Give us boldness. Give us the words to say. And we just thank you for this time together. I pray for each of these people who are here today that you would bless them and guide them, be so real to them. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen.